Amen. Sorry I jumped the gun on that one, uh, but it is still good to see you guys this morning, um, and we're so blessed uh, to be with you. Um, and I want you to turn to your neighbor and tell him it is good to see you this morning. Tell your other neighbor this morning it's good to see you as well. Thank you, Jesus. How many are blessed to be here in the house of the Lord this morning? I'm telling you, I'm blessed. Blessed to be with you here and, and, and blessed to share with you uh, a word from God this morning. And for all of us, uh, for all of us to be strengthened uh, and encouraged um, and, and given insight uh, into, into what God is doing uh, and who he still is. Amen. How many know that God is still faithful? Yes? How many know that, that God is still doing great things here on earth? How many know that, that God still, still has a plan for your life? And I hope you know, I really hope you know that God still loves you. And he will always love you. Nothing you can do can ever change that fact about God if you have your Bibles with you this morning, I want you to turn to the book of 2 Corinthians chapter 9. I remember going to, to a uh, food establishment um, to pick up some, some sweets for my kids because I promised them uh, some ice cream. And I remember getting, getting about four McFlurries. I won't tell you where they're from, but I bought four McFlurries. Then I remember, you know, getting handed those four uh, uh, um, ice cream cups, and I remember looking in them, and they, they were about halfway uh, full in the cup. And I'm looking at it, and I'm thinking how much I paid for these McFlurries. <laughs> My wife's probably laughing at that one because she knows me. And I'm looking at it, and I'm thinking, Wow. This is not what I paid for. How many of you have ever been gypped like that before? You bought something and you were like, no, 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 no. no. You got to take this back because this is not what I paid for. This is not what was, what was shown on the drive through picture uh, uh, when I ordered my food, right? I want it to look just like that. And this one was far off. And so luckily, you know, they were able to, to top those off for me. Um, and I wasn't, I wasn't asking for the overflowing portion. Uh, I just wanted it to, to fill that cup. On the other hand, I've been to food establishments where you order food from there, and, and they give you so much food that you can't even close the container, right? And you're like, how am I going to eat all this? This is a lot more than I bargained for. You have opposite sides of the spectrum, this morning, I wanted to talk about generous serving. Generous serving. See, when I ordered those things, I was, I was looking for a generous serving. Uh, that's, what I, that's what I was expecting when I paid for said items. And I expected at least the container to be uh, uh, somewhat uh, covered in whatever I wanted, whatever I had purchased. And we do this in life. We expect generous servings in our life. We expect things to be a certain way. And when things don't meet your expectations, 
uh, many times we know what we do. You know, hopefully you don't get irate. You know, hopefully you don't, you don't throw those McFlurries back in someone's face and say, that's not what I paid for, make it right. Um, but hopefully we are, we are very uh, uh, civil about it and we're able to, to uh, uh, resolve those matters. But I think of our service to the Lord. Are we generous in our service to God? Do we do enough just to get by? Maybe, maybe, uh, maybe we have a, a, a mentality of, of if, I, if I just do this or that, then that's good enough. But how many know that we serve a God who is more than enough, right? We serve a God who is more than enough. You should be excited about that because that is your Father, that is the one who is supplying for your needs. That is the one who is caring for you, who is caring for your children, who is caring for your grandchildren, right? This is the God of more than enough. This is the God you pray to when times are tough in your life. And you say, God, give me what I need. And God says, I'm not going to just give you what you need. I'm going to give you more than enough. It's going to be overflowing in your life. Because that's who I am. Are we operating in the understanding of the principle that Paul speaks of in 2 Corinthians chapter 9 and verse 6? He says, remember this, a farmer who plants only a few seeds will get a small crop. But the one who plants generously will get a generous crop it's the principle of sowing and reaping we all know this principle very well i'm sure you all understand how it works you sow a little you get a little you sow in abundance then you will receive in abundance uh, if any of you have ever planted anything at your home you understand this principle it, that principle is alive and well. And we do this in our lives. We must do this also in the house of the Lord. In our service to God. We need to serve generously. Generously. Just as God has given us generously... We are to reciprocate. In Matthew 6, verse 33, it says, Seek the kingdom of God above all else and live righteously, and he will give you everything you need. Now, that sounds like a promise to me, isn't it? That's exactly what it is. It's a promise to you and I that if you do this, I will do this, right? Remember, we talked about this a, a few weeks back, um, talking about covenants uh, that, 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 that we make, that God has made with us. This is a covenant promise that if you do this, he's going to, uh, he's going to uh, meet his end of the deal. And our job is to seek the kingdom of God above all else. To seek the kingdom of God above all else. 
And he says, and live righteously, and he will give you everything you need. See, God is saying, take care of my house, and I will take care of your house. And this is what God does for us. This isn't, this isn't, one, of, this isn't one of those, you know, prosperity type of messages. Uh, you know, things aren't, things aren't always about financial gain or prosperity. That's not what the word of God is for. The word of God isn't to make you rich here on earth. But the word of God is to make you rich in the fruit that you produce in your life. And God is going to continue to do that. And so understand, understand God's purpose for your life. Because if you miss that understanding, you're going to be, find yourself in a lot of trouble. See, those who serve are more content and happy with their life than those who do not serve others. We see this evident uh, uh, in, in, in many uh, lives, in our own life. We see this evidence that when we serve others, we feel better about receive, we, we feel better than when we receive something ourselves. I know this as a pastor. Because Many times, many times just seeing someone come to church is so much more encouraging than someone giving me a good word. It's so much more uplifting than someone buying me something. To see someone serving God, to see someone making decisions in their lives, to see how close they can get to Christ instead of how close they can get to the world. It uplifts my spirit. Why? Because as a pastor, as a shepherd, that is what you pray for. That is what you seek for. That is why you do what you do. I can't imagine how God feels. I can't imagine how, how, how it makes his heart just so, so joyful to see when his children pursue him. When his children love him. When his children are so appreciative of all that God has done for them. There's nothing like an appreciative child, right? There's nothing like it. When you have a child who thinks that they deserve things. Who thinks that, that, that they are owed something. You don't want to give them anything. You're like, you know what? You think, you're de you think you deserve it? Then go get a job, right? And they're like six years old. <laughs> go work. Make your own money. You think you deserve it. But when you have a child who comes to you and you buy them the littlest thing and they say, thank you, Dad. Thank you, Mom. You want to buy them more, <laughs> right? It's like, you know, can I buy you a car? And they're still only six years old. What can I get you? An appreciative heart. It means so much. Acts 20 verse 35 says it is more blessed to give than to receive. So true. This is a, this is a principle that, that, that most of the world uh, maybe do not believe in. No, it's better to receive. What kind of world do you live in? I like getting stuff. I like when people buy me things. 
See, this is the way God operates. God says, my ways are not your ways. My ways are not your ways. What the world says, God says, pretty much, just think the opposite, and that's me. And that's, that's who I am. See, the Bible is basically saying if you're not giving, then you're missing out on true contentment. You're missing out. And once again, once again, this doesn't just mean giving in your finances. This means giving of you. God wants you. God doesn't want my finances. He doesn't want your finances. He doesn't need them for his work to continue. What he wants is you. What he wants is your heart. What he wants is a servant. What he wants is someone that he can mold, someone who is flexible, someone who says yes. See, there's a need in the house of God. There's always needs. There's always needs. It doesn't matter what's taking place. It doesn't matter what year we're in. It doesn't matter what we're facing. There's always a need in the house of the Lord. The Bible says, the Bible says that, the, that the, 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 the work is so much, but the labors are few. See, it's imperative in our lives that we have the mentality to feel whatever need needs to be filled. Are you that person? Are you the individual who looks around and says, what can I do? Yes, yes, you know, we may not have the, the talents and, the, and maybe the gifts to do certain things. But sometimes, how can I learn that? How can I get myself to be a part of that? What do I have to do? Where do you need me? What can I fill? See, if we have the mindset of, well, that's their ministry, you may miss the opportunity to experience true contentment in your life. Well, what do you mean by that, Pastor? I just told you that true contentment comes through serving others. That's how you find contentment in your life. If many of you, if, if, if any of you are searching uh, for the true purpose in your life, start serving. Start serving others. And you will find your purpose. I guarantee it. You will find that God is, that, 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 how God wants to use your life when you start to serve others. You don't need to ask, just do. Matthew 35 through 37. The Bible says that Jesus traveled through all the towns and villages of that area, teaching in the synagogues and announcing the good news about the kingdom. And he healed every kind of disease and illness. When he saw that the crowds, when he saw the crowds, he had compassion on them because they were confused and helpless like sheep without a shepherd. He said to his disciples, the harvest is great, but the workers are few. So pray to the Lord who is in charge of the harvest. Ask him to send more workers in his field. How many of us are praying for more workers? 
How many of us are seeking God, seeking God to have needs met in your church? In your church. Right? When there's needs at your home, you know how to fill those things. When there's needs at your job, you know how to fill those things. Well, let's continue with that same attitude in the house of the Lord. Because there are always needs in the house of the Lord. It doesn't matter size. It doesn't matter if it's five people or 5,000 people. There's always a need. I'd get so encouraged when someone would step up. When someone would come to me and say, Pastor, what can I do? What can I do to help out? Oh, man, that would bless my heart. All the things, it would, it would feel like, like wow, all the, all the words that I've been speaking into their lives through the word of God has been really, really uh, taken to heart. And it's being applied in their life. Mark 10, 45 says, For even the Son of Man came not to serve, came not to be served, I'm sorry, but to serve others and to give his life as a ransom for many. And so if we are to imitate the life of Christ, what are we to do? If we are to imitate Christ, what are we to do? Amen. You are to serve. Why? Because Christ came to serve. Christ didn't come to be put on a pedestal. Christ didn't, didn't, didn't come to earth to, to be, uh, you know, to be a king of the, of the entire world while he was here on earth. He knew he was king. He's the king of kings. But he came to serve. Why? Because that's the heart of God. The heart of God is humble. The heart of God is doing for others. The heart of God is not looking at yourself and what you need and what needs to be done in your life in regards to the needs, but what someone else, what you can do for someone else. Kind of like a famous speech back in the 60s. I wasn't around back then, but if you were. <laughs> See, sometimes in service, people may, people may not say thank you. What do you do? Do you just stop? Do you just say, oh, you know what? Forget this noise. I'm done. They didn't tell me thank you. I was here for two hours. I was working for two hours, and no one said thank you. See, if you're, looking for, if you're looking for an attaboy from man, then you're doing it with the wrong intention. You're doing it with the wrong heart. You see, God's blessing over your life is far greater than any thank you from man. God's rewards. But rest assured in your life that when you serve others, there is a applause for you in heaven. Amen. 2 Corinthians 9.13 says, As a result of your ministry, they will give glory to God. That's good. That's good stuff Paul says there. As a result of your ministry, 
they will give glory to God. Who will give glory to God? Who's going to give glory to God through your service? Others that see you. Others, others that, that, that see your service, they will, they will look at your life and they will say, wow, uh, that, is, that is something that I've never seen before. That has to be God. That has to be something supernatural. It says, for your generosity to them and to all believers will prove that you are obedient to the good news of Christ. You see, your service to Christ will even draw unbelievers to him. Let's think of outreaches. When we do an outreach, we are, we are, we are reaching out to the unbeliever. And when they see your service, they are drawn to you. Why? Because you're not bringing to them uh, 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 all, of this, all of this negative propaganda. What you're bringing to them is the love of God. What you're bringing to them is hope. What you're bringing to them is, is a life lived with Christ. What you're bringing to them is forgiveness. What you're bringing to them is an inheritance that God wants them to experience as well. Pastor Rick Warren said these words. He says, we are healed to help others. We are blessed to be a blessing. We are saved to serve, not to sit around and wait for heaven. There's a purpose for your life. And that purpose will be seen as you serve. That purpose in your life will be discovered as you serve others. Someone said, they said, your greatest test is when you are able to bless someone else while you are going through your own storm. See, God sees and he rewards. I mean, know that the reward system is such an effective way uh, to get people involved in whatever uh, you are doing. Young and old, it doesn't matter. It has the same results. You know, you buy, you buy five of these items, you get one free. You're like, oh my goodness, can I, you know, you want to buy five at that point in time just so that you can get that sixth one free. You could, you could earn points and get free merchandise. When you, when you make, when you spend, you know, X amount of money and you're in and you're like, yes, I really want this $10 t-shirt that I had to pay $200 for in food. <laughs> it's amazing what we do for rewards. I read a story about a man who stepped out, uh, went out his front door to see a strange dog uh, with the man's newspaper in his mouth. The man was surprised and decided to reward the dog with a treat. Well, the next morning, that same dog came to his front door with eight newspapers. <laughs> you see, even animals understand the reward principle. They understand how this works. Azariah tells King Asa in 2 Chronicles chapter 15 and verse number 7, Be strong and do not give up. Your work 
will be rewarded. Your work will be rewarded. I know there's probably some here who are probably, who are probably weary. Who are probably like, I'm just tired. <laughs> Come on, you're preaching to the choir here. God gives you strength. When you move in his calling, God gives you strength. When you say yes to what God has called you to do, he equips you with everything you need to do his work and to complete it. Don't live in fear. Don't live in worry. Don't live in the hows and the whats and the whens and the wheres. Don't live in that. You live, you live in, the, in the understanding that you can trust God. You live in the understanding that God is faithful. You live in the understanding that God is more than enough for your life. Even Paul gave words of encouragement in this time. He says, he says do not grow weary in well-doing, for in due season you will reap if you faint not. You see, Paul understood that in serving the Lord, you may not, like I said, you may not always hear that thank you uh, from people that you are helping. You may not always hear, uh, good job. Wow, that was, that was excellent. Sometimes you may feel like the work you do has no real significance. But let me tell you right now, you matter. You matter. That person sitting next to you they matter. Tell them right now. Tell the person sitting next to you. Tell them you matter. We know, we know God says that about us as well. Paul goes on to say that, that the Lord promises, promises us an inheritance, and this inheritance is something that will last, that will outlast even this earth see god created this thing called sowing and reaping what you receive is based upon the measure that you give in other words there are consequences to our actions but many times people may hear that word consequence and they may think negative right because whenever you Maybe whenever you heard someone say, well, there's consequences to your decision-making, maybe you automatically thought, well, that's negative, right? Uh, the consequences means something bad. No consequences are good things, too. It's not just negative things. See, consequence simply means an, an effect, result, or outcome. So when God says that, he says, if you sow you will reap. Does that mean that if you, if you sow good things, you're going to reap bad things? No. The consequences will be good in your life. How about this? If you work, you will eat. Is eating a bad thing? If you overeat, yeah. yeah it's. But eating is generally not a bad thing. We need it to survive, obviously. And if you, the Bible says, if you work, then you shall have food on your table. And that's a good thing. See, consequences aren't just to the bad, it's 
to the good. Proverbs 13.4 says, those who work hard will prosper. That's good. That's good. Ecclesiastes 5.12 says, if you work hard, you will sleep well. I remember going to Home Depot uh, uh, just recently, and I was, I, was in the, I was in the garden tool section of the store, and I was speaking to one of the employees, and as I was picking out what I was going to buy, he tells me, he says, he says, you know what? He says, you know what I've heard? I've heard that if you use that tool for about two hours, uh, you're going to get good sleep at night. And I looked at him and I, I told him, I said, man, <laughs> I always sleep good. <laughs> you, can't, you can't wake me up. But how many know that after, a, after a, a full day of work, you can go to bed in five seconds, right? Because you're exhausted. You're, you're burnt out. You just want to lay down and rest your head. The Bible says if you work hard, you will sleep well. Jesus' words in Luke 10, 7, he says, those who work deserve their pay. It is rightly so. It is, it is something that you have earned. Paul writes in Hebrews 6, 10, God is not unjust. He will not forget your work and the love you have shown him as you have helped his people and continue to help them. God is faithful in giving to us. He always does. The right thing at the right time. It always blows my mind every single time it, it happens. I'm like, God, you are so faithful. You're, you're so faithful. At the right time, you give me what I need. God, forgive me. Forgive me for worrying about the situation. Forgive me for, for, for maybe not trusting in you, that you were going to work things out for my good. Someone sent me this text earlier, and I, I just said, thank you, Jesus, for confirmation. They sent me this from Proverbs eleven twenty five. 25. This was before, you know, I already had my sermon prepared, and they sent me this this morning. Proverbs eleven twenty five says, a generous person will prosper. <laughs> we're talking about generous serving here. A generous person will prosper. Whoever refreshes others will be refreshed. And I read it, and I was like, what? I didn't talk to them. I didn't let them know what I was going to be speaking on. And I thought, thank you, Father, for confirmation in our lives. Because how many know that, that, that it's through God's confirmation in things in our lives that brings peace? Amen? Confirmation from God brings peace in our lives. And that is what God does for us. He brings confirmation so that we can have peace. See, God says, I understand that you want to be rewarded for your work. He says, because I understand this, that I've created you or created for you an inheritance that is not going to fade away, that no one can take away, that moths will not, moths or rust will not destroy. It is not affected by this world's economy. 
an inheritance that will not need to be replaced because it's too old, but an inheritance that will last forever. See, God gives us the strength, his strength, to do his work. As Paul states in Philippians 14, or 4.13, and we must continue to serve others as God has called us to do. We need to be generous in our service, generous in our giving to others. Romans 12.11, and I'll close here. Romans 12.11, as the worship team comes forward, says, never be lacking in zeal, but keep your spiritual fervor, says, or serving the Lord. Don't lose that zeal. Don't lose that passion. Don't lose that fervor in serving the Lord. You keep moving forward, and you understand why you are doing what you're doing. You're doing it for God. And in doing it for God, you are serving others. Why? Because you are a, a, a bunch of thankful people here this morning. You are thankful and you are grateful for all that God has done for you. And you have seen over the years uh, God change, dramatically change your life and change uh, the, the things that you pursue in life, the things that you chase after. He has changed the direction in your life and you have started to fix your eyes on him and he gives you a new heart before it was all about us before it was all about what can you do for me God says I'm going to change that I'm going to change that for you why because God says I want you to experience true contentment I want you to experience what it's like to operate in your true purpose. That's why I have you here in the first place, God says. It's not about you. It's never been about you. It's about serving. Yes, God says, I love you unconditionally. God sent his son for you. But God says now, there is no greater love than he that lays down his life for his friends. What are you doing to lay down your life for someone else? What are you doing? We could all do better, right? We could all do better. But let God help us this morning. Be open. Be open to allow God to change your direction in your life. Stay flexible. Stay moldable. Because greater things are to come. God is faithful. Amen.